Hi, this is Amber. Welcome to today's podcast. The website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. And the podcast channel is Sacred Space Healing. For those of you that are new to the channel, hello and welcome. I'm a Reiki master teacher, shamanic practitioner and energy healer, and I've been running my own healing practice since 2007. These podcasts are focused on um, sharing the tools that have assisted me and clients along the way, and uh, hopefully assisting you in your journey of gnosis, spirituality, and healing. The website is sacredspacehealing.org. So if you are uh, new to the channel, then head over to the website and you can check out the work that I offer. I work with clients around the world. Um, There's also more blog posts there and um, further podcasts for you to listen to, as well as meditations um, and other offerings. For those of you that are regular listeners, thank you very much for all your support and all your donations. And of course, if you wish to donate, donate to appreciate, then you can head over to the website, um, click on the drop down menu, and you can donate as much as little as you feel called to. And all your donations go back into creating more free content. And all are gratefully received um, as an individual making my way in the world. So hello and welcome to today's podcast. Today I'd like to shine a light on um, the the advice, the the self-aggrandizement, the um, self-appointed expertness of the moneyed. So before we go into this, this isn't to say that money is the root of all evil because it's not. And it's not to say that having money makes us bad people because it doesn't. Or that not having money makes us good people because it doesn't. But there is a trend that I've witnessed for a number of years in healers, teachers, but also self-appointed gurus who have a lot of money uh, or come from wealth um, that I feel is quite destructive and misleading for many people. Um, thankfully, actually, a lot of this is being brought out into the open. There's a there's a lot of great kind of jokes and um, comic sketches uh, being done out there um, on the internet and so forth about you know that you know you get those news stories where people say, oh, all I had to do was give up cappuccinos for a year and I bought my first home. But what they're not telling you is that you know their parents gave them the money for their first home, or they come from um, royalty, or they come from millionaire stock. Uh, it's very similar to the stories that we get sold. Oh, I was working as a waitress in a cocktail bar and I got discovered um, and now I'm a superstar. And actually, that's not the truth. The truth is that they're very uh, connected as a family or they had a lot of money or um, they were dating someone who was connected to so-and-so. And so we never really get given the full picture. We just get given this sort of um, chocolate box Uh, story that people then buy into and then spend the rest of their lives trying to emulate thinking well if it worked for them it could work for me but actually what they are trying to emulate doesn't exist it's fake and it will always keep them removed from the very thing that they're trying to align with because it's not truthful and and they're not aligning with their truth Um, so it's a very similar thing with moneyed healers moneyed gurus moneyed teachers and moneyed self-appointed gurus Um, and there's a few strands to it. The the overriding thing that I've noticed is that people who um, were born into wealth and and came from wealth, a kind of generational wealth, have no understanding, really, of what it is to make your way in the world and worry 
um, constantly, 24-7, about bills and uh, expenses and how you're going to survive. Like that, what that does to a person's nervous system and their sense of place in the world and sense of entitlement is something that someone who comes from money will never understand. So the individual who comes from money or, uh, you, you know, um, moneyed stock, if you like, generational money, um, they've never had to fight for anything. Yes, they've had their own battles, I'm sure, whatever they may be, but they've never had to fight at that very visceral, primal level for their existence in the world. If they want to do something, mummy and daddy throw money at it, or they throw money at it, um, or an aunt or an uncle throws money at it. If they want to change career direction, they can. If they want to travel the world for a year and find themselves, they can. If they want to do that workshop or take that course, they can. Um, if they want to uh, go on a, a, a course of holistic treatments for an ailment, they can. Um, if they want to change their whole wardrobe, they can. You know, there's so many things that they're not limited by. And because of that, because of that ability to basically manifest at will and create the life that they want at will, they have a fundamental misunderstanding of what it is like for the majority of the population. Therefore, the advice that they dish out, all you have to do is be positive, all you have to do is align with the flow of, of money and energy, all you have to do is um, have gratitude, that advice is limited. Because yes, when you are in flow, when you have money in the bank, when all your bills are paid, when you don't have to worry about your next paycheck, it's effortless to manifest more of what you already have. Because you already have it. It's not coming from a place of need. It's not coming from a place of fear or regret or sadness or desperation. It's just coming from a place of joy. You know, here I am, I've got um, a massive box of chocolates in front of me. Oh, I think I'd quite like to manifest another three. Rather than here I am, I haven't eaten for a month. I really want to manifest some food um, or manifest a box of chocolates or, you know, whatever it is to, to appease the hunger. When you're coming from a place of hunger, manifestation is always going to be trickier. It's always going to be harder. And it's always going to be filled with failure um, because you're coming from a place of hunger. Now, the majority of our gurus and teachers and healers who tell us all you need to do is vibrate at a higher vibration, switch yourself to joy, you know, switch yourself to gratitude and everything's going to fall into place. That is coffee table spirituality because it works for them because they're not in a place of lack. But when you're in a place of lack, it doesn't work. And it's dangerous because people who are in a place of lack look at those that have money behind them, not knowing their background, not knowing that they've never really had to struggle or fight for anything, not knowing that they've come uh, into this world with a safety net that never leaves them, and then listens to these platitudes and believes that that's the way to live one's life and to manifest. I've come across a lot with uh, people like this, not only personally, but also professionally, who give you these platitudes and it, all, it never seems to ring true. I always wonder, why does that not feel good? Why does what you're saying make me feel slightly icky? And then I dig a little deeper and I realize it's because that individual literally has no idea what it's like to try and make your way in the world. Um, 
I once knew someone who was a self-appointed guru, uh, loved to dish out spiritual advice, whether you wanted it or not, <laughs> and um, came from money, came from generational money. So never really had to fight for anything, you know. Oh, mummy, daddy, I, I want to change careers now because the first career didn't work out. Yes, that's fine. Here's some money. Oh, by the way, that career didn't work out either. What can I do? Oh, well, here's a business that you can run. Oh, okay, great, you know. So th there was never any struggle for anything. This individual never tempted. They never um, went and signed on. Um, they never worried what will happen. How will I? Uh, how will I go to uni? Or how will I pay my student loan? Or how will I um, pay for food this week? They never went hungry. Um, you know, they ne they were never going to wonder what's going to happen if I don't have health care. They never really experienced any of those things that the majority of the population sadly do experience on a daily basis. So the self-appointed, this individual appointed themselves as a spiritual guru and turned around and said to other individuals, well, the reason you have no money is because you're really bad with money. I can help you. I can help you because I have discovered that the way to manifest and the way to have money is to be in gratitude. But of course, it's very easy to be in gratitude when you have things to be grateful for, as in when you have a roof over your head and your bills are paid and you've never had to worry for anything. When life's kicked you and it's been pretty tough to make your way in the world, it's harder to have gratitude. It's not impossible. It's still doable. We still have a lot to be grateful for, um, whatever circumstance we find ourselves in. But it is insulting and wrong to put those platitudes as the only way of manifesting that you're only going to get, you know, come into money, come into abundance, come into health, come into relationship, if you're in this never-ending state of gratitude or flow or whatever words people want to use. The majority of the time when people give that kind of advice, it's because they're not in that state. And either they never were in that state of lack, or they were once and now they've forgotten what it was like. And the majority of the time, if you dig a little deeper, it's because they came from money. They came from connections, and they don't really know what it takes to graft your way in the world. I read something the other day. It was um, an interview that a very well-known actor had done, saying that um, every day I, I don't feel my age. I feel younger than my age. In fact, I feel like a teenager. And then you know people piled on and said, yes, isn't it wonderful? We're not our age, blah, blah, blah. And um, I thought... Well, of course, if you have millions in the bank and a beautiful home and you don't have to worry about where your next wage packet is coming from and you're adored and you have fans and so forth, well, yeah, you're going to feel great for your age, aren't you, really? I mean, there's no reason not to unless something tragic happens to you. Um, of course, you're going to feel young and, and, not, and not feel your age. Why don't you ask someone who's living in... Um, some dilapidated accommodation somewhere with mold on the walls and no heating? Why don't you ask someone who's sleeping on the streets? Or why don't you ask, you know, a single mother with five kids in one room how old she feels? Because stress and worry and uh, not the right diet and not the right health care um, and not the right food will age you. But if you have all the luxuries that life can offer you when you have the money to pay for it, then of course you're not going to be aged. Now, does this sound cynical? Does this sound unspiritual? Not really, because if we look at um, our great spiritual thinkers and leaders who were not moneyed, Gandhi, Jesus, for example, who 
who were not rolling around with wads of cash out, sticking out their top pocket and telling everyone how to live their lives. They lived very simple lives because they knew the minute they were to sell their souls and, and have wads of cash, they would forget their connection to spirit, true connection. But also, they would forget the struggle that the individual goes through and they wouldn't be able to help people. Um, it's not that money is the root of all evil, but what it can do for individuals is to disconnect them, to disassociate them from the majority of the population and how most people live, um, how most people struggle, um, how most people don't have that safety net. So I think it's really important when we take our advice from books, individuals, celebrities, workshops, teachers, gurus, whoever, that we do a little bit of digging, you know, that we ask, where does this individual come from? I think what we've been told is that if they've had a bit of a struggle, that that's enough. You know, like some big celebs that most people follow as gurus when it comes to spirituality, which frankly is nonsensical, but people do do this. They read their biography or they read an interview that, oh, they were born in poverty and they had nothing, and then one day they were discovered or they did this thing or they did this meditation and their life changed. And they never question whether that's the truth. They never question whether that's the whole story. Because I'm telling you now, 99.9% .9 of the time, that is not the whole story. It isn't. And even if it is the whole story, where they are now in terms of their wealth, they cannot even remember what it was like to go hungry, to not have shoes on their feet. They can't remember because they have so much wealth now. Their life is so removed. You know, they don't take the bus into town and pick up a, a shopping trolley um, or a shopping basket and, you know, load up the bargains for that week. They don't go and um, go sail shopping in the high street to, to get that favourite top that they were after. They live a completely different life. They live in on estates, you know, where they have their own shopping complexes and their own cinemas and their own gyms. They are not living the life of the ordinary individual. And yet the advice that they dish out is for the ordinary individual. And what's even worse in many ways is that that advice is then charged for. And then ordinary people, everyday folk like you and me, look at this advice and think, well, if they are millionaires, I could be a millionaire too if I just did what they told me to do. Oh, I just need to channel this entity called Bob. Oh, I just need to be more grateful. Oh, I just need to raise my vibration. I need to do this dance. I need to do this workshop. I need to read this book. And it's all uh, massively hoodwinking us into a form of spirituality and a form of spiritual understanding that is the most diluted, toxic, cheap thing that it could ever be. You know, you could get the real deal organic apple juice, or you could get some filtered, doctored down, watered down, um, filled with colorings and additives thing, and, and think that that's the real deal. And most people are consuming the latter, and they have no idea what the real deal is really like, because they're so far removed from it. It's really important when you're finding your teachers and your healers that you seek out people who have had a similar journey to you. Otherwise, they can't help you. 
And I'm not saying that, you know, only pick healers and teachers that have no money, because you don't want that desperate energy either. But pick those that are keeping it real. You know, and this is why I say you don't really want the healers and teachers that are doing this as a hobby. You know, the ones that are just doing it because it's something to dip their feet into. You really don't want the teachers and the gurus that, that are living a moneyed lifestyle. They are going to have no way of relating to what your struggle is. Um, I once heard a story of uh, a rather deluded individual who um, was very moneyed and had done this thing of just lip service to spirituality, read a few books, gone on the internet, and had decided that, um, that this individual had decided that they'd met their twin flame and that their twin flame was this, this other person, this other woman. Um, the guy in question was married, had kids, big house, blah, 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 but had decided that this other woman was his twin flame. And because he had money and came from money, he believed that he could buy this other woman. He could somehow cajole her, bribe her, throw money at her, because in his mind, she was his twin flame. Um, but he wasn't prepared to do anything in his life to be uncomfortable. He wasn't prepared to uh, look at what was going on in his marriage or anything. He wanted it all, basically, because that's what businessmen do. And when people come from money, they just throw money at things and think, well, why can't I own that as well, including human beings? Um, and his reason for not wanting to end his marriage wasn't that he wasn't ready to end his marriage. It was that um, he said to the, this woman, uh, we've just had a new kitchen fitted. And there's some really nice tiles that we've had imported from somewhere. Um, and I don't want to move out. And he said this to his supposed twin flame. The nonsensical, moneyed, ridiculous behavior of this individual kind of sums it all up. In that the twin flame journey, the journey of being with one's beloved sacred union, is one that's a journey of great learning and humility and sacrifice and... Uh, you know, leaving our old life to step into something new, step into the unknown, a journey of ascension and so forth. It's not a journey of kitchen tiles. Um, I give that example because when it was told to me, it was the most, one of the most ridiculous things I'd ever heard. Um, and thank God, you know, she, she left his clutches and, and never got involved with him. But it summed up for me that when the moneyed try and dip their toes into spirituality, they're not really ever getting it because the money becomes a buffer. It becomes an insulation to the real pain of life. Um, yes, money can't buy everything, but money can make you a lot more comfortable even when you're suffering. So, you know, think of your worst case scenarios. Think of the fact, you know, that you might, someone might have a life-threatening illness or a death or something awful Money can't take that away, necessarily, but it can certainly ease the pain and ease the burden so you can get the best health care, um, so you can surround yourself with beauty, so you can travel, um, you know, so you can get the best people to take care of you emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, holistically. Money can do all of those things, which means that when life gets tough, those with money who say that they have struggled, haven't really struggled. Those that really struggle are those that life is tough and they're still having to work. They're still having to 
you know, try and find a way to pay the bills and so forth. And we've seen that during lockdown. You know, what we've seen is that there has been a division with those that have been able to sit at home and get their their life delivered to them by those that have had no choice but to continue working through the most extreme conditions. And that has been our division. And what is so sickening is that those that are able to sit at home and have their life delivered to them um, then often choose to preach to those that do the delivering of their life to them how to live their lives. Oh, you just need to be more grateful. You need to read this book. You need to do this meditation. And really, no one has the answer. No one can tell you how to manifest money in your life or how to manifest that relationship or how to live your life. You have to find that answer for yourself. And that comes from within and your connection to God's spirit universe. And in the eyes of God's spirit universe, we are all equal. There is no hierarchy. The money don't get into heaven if you believe in heaven, you know, or they don't reincarnate as princes again or whatever. You know, it doesn't work that way. You're not going to pass over and bribe whoever's on the other side and say, well, here's, you know, however many thousands I have to pay so I don't have to face up to the things that I've done in my lifetime where I've harmed people. It doesn't work that way if you believe in reincarnation and karma and so forth. Money is only a buffer in this life on planet Earth in the 3D realm. It doesn't give us more spirituality. It doesn't give us greater spiritual insight. It doesn't make us better healers or teachers or psychics or readers. Um, It's a tool by which we can purchase stuff, things, um, experiences. But the integration of those things, stuff, experiences, and how we apply those to our everyday life is down to our unique DNA, the individual that we are, the soul that we are, and the journey that we're on. And sadly, it seems to be that once the people reach that level of comfort uh, and the struggle is released financially, that they forget what it's like for the majority of people. And a kind of smugness descends in a, um, I'm okay, and the reason you're not okay is because you're failing at life, you're messing up life. There's another podcast that I've got out there which is called You're Not Failing at Life because no one's ever failing at life. We're all doing the best that we can. Um, And often the people that have this kind of smugness have never really known what it's like to lose everything, you know, to really kind of um, be up against it. And because of that, they can't relate to the struggle of ordinary men and women. And that's why I feel that people like that are not best suited ever to be our gurus, our spiritual inspiration, our teachers, our leaders even, because they're coming at the world from a perspective that is very limited. And they are judging those that don't have by their own standards of having. And yet their own standards of having are incredibly um, unique um, and privileged. So what of the role 
of the moneyed, you know, then what is their role in society? I think the role of those that have is to help those that don't have, however they choose to do that. But I don't believe that the help is offered or done um, by patronising, judging, or um, offering spiritual insights that lack true integrity. So my advice is, really do your homework on those that are dishing out advice on how to live one's life. You know, really do your research. Really dig around. Who are these individuals? Where have they come from? How true is the story that they're selling you? And how much can it relate to your life? Because if it doesn't relate to your life, why are you following their advice? It's not going to take you anywhere, except round in circles. And remember that ultimately, you are the creator of your life. And you know how to manifest the most beautiful life for yourself. And the more you dive into healing your wounds and clearing blocks and aligning with your higher self, the more you will come up with the blueprint that was always within you to create the life that you wish to lead and you are here to lead. It's not going to happen by following someone else's blueprint. And for far too long, we have done that. We have followed other people's blueprints. Um, and the moneyed have often fed off those that don't have money but have other skills. Um, it's a very vampiric relationship. You know, those in privilege positions, those in positions of power, those who have money will often seek out those that are vulnerable in the very areas that they have strengthened. But that despite that vulnerability, they have had to develop other skills. And then they will feed off those skills and throw them some scraps to try and buy those skills off them. We, I mean, we've seen it. It's in, it's in history, it's in literature, it's in film. Um, the abuse of the power of money, which is just energy. But there's a weird thing that tends to happen to people that come from money and have never struggled, and that is the lack of appreciation um, of the struggle. And I think it is a different story for people who have struggled or continue to struggle or have a periods of feast and famine, is that they really understand the journey of the ordinary individual. Feast and famine is not a way to live one's life, but a lot of people live their lives like that. You know, and I think more and more so it's happening for people and more and more so it's happening for people who are self-employed um, because of what's going on in the world. But those that come from money will never understand that cycle. They'll never go into famine. They're always feasting. And because they're always feasting, they just don't understand what it's like to have an empty belly. And it's important that if you are an individual with an empty belly and you are finding that you are looking for help in, in, in getting into a state of feast, that you find someone who's walked that path as well. Because there's no point going to someone who's never been hungry and asking them how to cook an amazing meal with the three ingredients in your fridge. They're not going to know. You've got to find the right people to assist you on your journey. The website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. Wherever you are on your journey, I wish you much joy, love, peace and abundance. Until the next time.